welcome back to the podcast for Applied Theology. We are back at it again. Gentlemen, walking through our series, Christ the King. Last week, we talked about humanity being God's vice regent, his under kings. And now uh, we're talking about the anticipation that the scriptures build for a coming divinely appointed king, a divinely anointed king. And we really get the, the beginnings of this in Genesis 3, right? Adam, he was supposed to rule over creation, but he doesn't. Part of uh, Satan's ploy is turning everything up on his head, where Adam was to be the head of his wife and they together to rule creation. Instead, the serpent comes and deceives Eve and leading Adam astray, you have this rebellion, the turning up on its head of God's design in Adam abdicates his authority and his responsibility. This is the need for a divinely anointed king to come and to rule over even creation to the point of crushing the head of the serpent to reverse the curse. So the Bible's building this anticipation. And before we even leave Genesis, Pastor Dudley, we get more anticipation building for a coming king. Will you walk us yeah. through some scripture? Sure. Why not? Well, we can look in Genesis chapter 17. You know, already we've had uh, God cutting the covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15. And we, we see a different dynamic there because Abraham sleeps while God cuts the covenant with him. So now we see God taking on more and more and more of the responsibility for everything. And so we see it's totally a God thing. And with, with Adam, Adam was given a requirement to go and subdue. Uh, of course, he didn't do it. He rebelled instead. So now we see that God is taking on this uh, mission to install his own king. And we see this in Genesis chapter 17. God comes to Abram when he's 99 years old. He reiterates the fact that he's going to establish a covenant with him. He changes his name, asserting, as we talked about last time, his dominion, his authority in uh, Abram's life. And now you're going to be Abraham. And in verse 5, he says, For I've made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And so we see that God is telling Abram, now Abraham, that kings are going to come forth from you. And of course, as we've seen in, throughout Genesis and we'll see throughout Scripture, God gives you a hint and then another hint, and then he gradually unfolds his plan until it comes to culmination in the person of Jesus Christ. So we see that it's going to be through Abraham that a king will come. And of course, we already know there's this king that's been mentioned to us in Genesis. And then we look over in Genesis chapter 49, and we find this descendant of Abraham through whom the kingly person will come, and that's Judah which is also a little bit strange because you were, as you're reading in chapter 48 and you're seeing, well, Jacob was the second son and then he brings in Ephraim and Manasseh and there was all this success with Joseph in Egypt and he was actually a, a type of Christ and he was a kind of ruler there. But it's going to be through the tribe of Judah, through praise, that uh, the kingly line will be established and that's in Genesis chapter 49. Jacob calls in his sons to... 
uh, bless them. And he says to uh, Judah in verse 8 of chapter 49, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares rouse him up? So Judah is the lion, and then verse 10 is the key verse. The scepter, the scepter, the symbol of authority, the king's scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. And so we see that it is through Judah that there's going to be this king, this uh, eternal king, yeah. this lion. And of course, we see the, one of the titles of Jesus, the lion of Judah. And so here we see the foundation being laid for the tribe from which the king will come. And then we have it culminated in the New Testament Amen. in Jesus. It starts very broad, right? The Bible tracing for us this king from the seed of the woman, right? And so that can be anybody, right? right? And uh, through chapter 11, we have the introduction of all these nations. Well, then now the Bible hones in on Abraham, Abraham. right? And uh, one people. And we have the same promise. But to Abraham, through your seed will come this king. And then it hones in at the end of Genesis out of that nation to one tribe among the nations. And so we're getting more specific that there is going to be a coming king, and it makes sense that God would prepare us for a monarchy, which, Pastor Tony, uh, you were going to share some scripture with us about this preparation for the monarchy. Yeah, you continue to see this fleshed out as you work through... Um the Pentateuch is the writings of Moses, and you're in you're in Numbers, and uh, it comes from a very unlikely source. And that's that's Balaam, and um, which I, it always amazes me when God gets ready to give divine revelation. Um, many times He does it from a place that we would not normally. I mean, He does what we would not expect, and um, you know, you got uh, Jacob and Esau, and that whole story, you know, of the firstborn, which we would assume. The line would come through Esau, but of course we we've learned it comes through Jacob, and um, and so when Balaam is giving this uh, this oracle, he says in um, in Numbers twenty four verse seventeen, I see him but not now, I behold him but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, and here's that word again: the scepter shall rise from Israel, and. Um, and then when you when you come to uh, to Deuteronomy, and uh, the the restating of the law, uh, the second law, Deuteronomy, and and Moses is talking about when they come into the land. You know, sometimes when we we read the story, we think, well, you know, the will of God kind of got bypassed here because the people, you know, were demanding a king and wanting a king. Um, but God foretold of this before it ever happened. Yeah. And, um, and he said, when you enter the land, which the Lord your God will give you, and you possess it and live in it, you shall say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me. 
You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among you from your countrymen. You shall set as a king over you. He may not be a foreigner over yourselves uh, who is not one of your countrymen. And so, um, you know, you have uh, in the re-giving of the law before they ever enter into the land already again this anticipation that there's going to be a king. And this king is going to come from Israel. The scepter is going to come from from uh, Jacob and and from Judah, and it's going to be a king that is going to be from among them that's going to rule. And and you know what's interesting is you read on in these next verses, and he gives instructions about how this king is not to multiply horses, he's not to multiply wives, and um, and then we see is what this is fleshed out that the earthly kings this is exactly what they do they they break these commandments yeah. But it's the anticipation of uh, a king who would come, and uh, that eternal king. And um, the, the scriptures you said, is it's a progressive revelation. It's the unveiling little by little. You see more and more of the detail, more and more of the, the beauty of this coming king as you work your way through the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. And some might have a problem with that today. I can foresee people having a problem with... Oh, this kid, he's not to come from another people. Right? Like there's right. some prejudice built in. Right. But right. God's working towards something different. Right. There's coming a king right. Right. from a people, not just any people. Christ had to be born in a family, right. in a nation, and this right. is what God is working towards. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the people without a king, how do they behave, Josh? <laughs> Well, the Bible tells us, yeah. Josh wasn't here last week. Josh is uh, our pastor of missions, and uh, he's not vertically challenged either. So he no longer short-staffed. No longer yeah. the short-staffed. Doing, doing my part. How tall are you, Josh? I'm six foot. Six foot. Yeah. Not well, that tall, but well, you broke among the this you broke company. The six foot. <laughs> six I, I think it was our last season yeah. in the podcast. You came on, uh, you made an appearance. Yeah, so this yeah. is appearance, uh, yeah. appearance number two. I'm here to get the things off the tall shelves. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, anyway, to your question, TJ, how do, how do the people do without a king? The, the Bible tells us um, in Judges 21 and 25, very simple, straightforward. Uh, says in those days there were there was no king in Israel, yeah. and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And so, we see, um, you know, here in Scripture, and we can see it played out over throughout history. Um, people are are made to have have an authority, have yeah. have some structure of government or you know ruling power, uh, because without that, everybody does what's right. In their own eye, they're all left to be the king. I get to decide what's right. You know, you uh, leave leave a a room of kindergartners alone for five minutes. You know, and it's chaos. They 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 prove this. You know, time and time again. And you even see it with adults. You know, we've had throughout history people try to set up these utopian societies where there's no king and we're just all going to love each other and and no government and we're just and it doesn't take long at all that that just falls into chaos and crime and and people fighting one another because 
they all want to do what's right in their own eyes. My rights may not align with what your rights are if we're determining our own rights. Uh, and so uh, just innately people need some king, some form of, of government to punish wrongdoers, to determine right and wrong, and you know, to set the course for, uh, for society. So. And I don't think it's a matter of if we're going to have authority. Someone, no, it, like, someone's going to rule. Someone's going to make it to the top. Just like you mentioned, uh, what was it, Chaz, that Cherry Hill Autonomous Zone in 2020 yeah. um, in, outside right. of Seattle. So, yeah. That didn't last but a couple weeks. They had yeah. this utopia. We're all going to have the, They planted a little pathetic garden and tried to make everything free. But then murder and rape, and it was just lawless chaos. And then the authorities had to come in and, uh, and break all that up. You're yeah. going to have someone come to the top. Right. right. So it's mm -hmm. not if you're going to have authority. It's built into right. the fabric of this world. But yeah. we're looking for an authority that acknowledges God's rule and God's reign. And whenever we have godly rule, mm -hmm. godly leadership, blessings follow. Right. Yeah. Amen. And to that point, if, if, you, do a, if you do a search, you know, um, you search the Old Testament, you know, good and evil kings of Judah. Yeah. And you, you can't do it on Israel because they're all evil. Yeah, <laughs> Israel, right. but if you look at the good and evil kings of Judah and just go through those scriptures and see how the people fared mm -hmm. under a good king. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's not only just having a king or ruling authority, right. it's having the ones that will do what is right in the sight of the Lord, as, as the Old Testament puts it. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the you know, the... the the heart of man is so sinful and so wicked um, that, that we consistently, like you read the judges, and you, we consistently just cycle back through. Yep. It seems like we never learn, mm -hmm. you know, and it's because of our depravity. It's because the, the heart is so wicked um, that it must be ruled and conquered mm -hmm. by Christ. And if right. it's not, and I mean, that's the problem today. It doesn't matter what the environment is. Doesn't matter what country it is. Doesn't matter whether it has a, a sovereign monarch or it has a democracy. The problem is the heart of man. Yeah, right. Yeah, and right. it has to be brought underneath the, the lordship and the Amen. kingship of a righteous rule. And Christ is that righteous rule. Amen. Yeah, as uh, Proverbs twenty nine two says, "When the righteous rule, the people rejoice; but when the wicked rule, the people groan." Right. Now, are yeah. we? teaching and enforcing Christ's law in our land, whether that be a monarch, right, right. or whether that be a, a collective repu <coughs> republic, or are we having a leadership that sets up its own right. rule? We know that as the mm. text you read said, uh, to Christ belongs the obedience of the peoples. Do we want a society that works towards that end Right. Or that contributes to an unraveling and and the people right. then mourning as a result. Yeah. 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 Do you think being an American and having a very individualistic, um, I guess, upbringing and sentimentality, do you think that plays into how we view yeah. leadership and feeds, kingship? It feeds our innate right. uh, depravity for autonomy, yeah. uh, for wanting our own way mm -hmm. and and our own rule of our own. Yeah. And we, we hear this from people all the time. Well, you know, who are you to tell me? Right. You know, who are right. you to enforce your uh, morality on me, you know? And, uh, and that comes again from the fact that we are a people that has had 
the blessings of liberty and freedom, but it has also eschewed our understanding right. of how we're to respond to a sovereign God. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter what, what I think about morality. It does matter what the sovereign God, who is the ruler of the universe, it does matter what he thinks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But yeah, I think our, 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 we think everybody ought to get a vote on everything. Yeah. You know. And that's yep. even what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's why we have polls and majority, you know. Right. And um, rather than, than looking to the creator who has established, right. you know, we wouldn't even be able to have a concept of right and wrong if it wasn't well, for exactly. the fact the that creator. we have a, yeah. a good creator. Yeah. You know? The majority can be wrong. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Bible proves that out yeah. very, very clearly. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, any other implications to, to this that you guys saw that you wanted to, to talk about? Well, I was just thinking about, you know, we read when Israel demands a king. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's a bad thing. You know, we get to that point and they're yeah. demanding a king and it seems bad. Like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me, God says. And so right. you think, well, how, how can that be? And yet God is using it because the thing is, the people don't understand what a king is. Mm-hmm. They were looking to the people yeah. around them, right. yeah. and we want to be like the nations. Like the That's the kind the of king yeah. we want. Right. We want a king made right. in our image. Yeah. But God is saying, no, you're going to have a king in my, my image. image. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And so God is yeah. bringing that to fruition so that that heart desire that you have mm-hmm. to be subject to a king, yeah. you're go- but that heart desire is never going to be fulfilled in a worldly king. The worldly king is going to disappoint you constantly. So that's why Christ had to come and demonstrate what the true king is all about. This this is the king uh, kingdom and his kingdom that is being instilled in this uh, universe, and it's a kingdom in the hearts of men. And that that is the plight of man: is we have God-given desires, but then we go and try to fulfill them with things that are not designed Mm -hmm. by God, and uh, and so. You know, we have this need for a ruler. We have this need for, um, you know, someone to to govern and so forth. But rather than submitting to the Lord, we want to raise up our own. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, it's amazing to me how many times throughout the scripture, as as you see the, the, the whole thing progressing, is how many times that God... Uh, in his sovereignty, uh, allows man to really, really mess up. Right. I, and, you know, and, and it's not uh, in any way thwarting the plans of God. It's been worked into the plan of God. Mm-hmm. But um, God throughout it all just continues marching the, the narrative to his conclusion, you know. And, um, you know, I've often, often said, you know, the real struggle people have with the sovereignty of God and the, and the responsibility of man, um, the, the higher you understand God being so superior, so higher, so much wiser, so much holier, it's like sitting down to play chess as, as a novice against the greatest chess player of the day. You, he can let you move anywhere you want to on the board. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's moving toward an objective, and he's going to. And God is so much uh, superior in wisdom and, and is working his plan. And his plan is not frustrated uh, 
when we sometimes move in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. He's able to counter every move that we make yeah. to bring about his divine purposes. And that gives us peace. That gives us somewhere to rest our head, you know. Chaz preached Sunday night about uh, resting in God. The sovereignty of God is what we rest in. If I thought for one minute I could make a move on the chessboard that's going to ruin my whole life, yeah. that would be right. pretty... Oh, much pressure. Yeah. Would you not anguish over every Everything. move? Right. Everything. But if I believe God's big enough that even if I make a mistake and I make a wrong move, he's big enough to work it out. Amen. You know, and has worked it out. Yeah, he's right. looking at it. He's looking at it in the rearview mirror. Yeah, that's <laughs> the history of history. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in that chess game, there's only going to be one king at the end. <laughs> that's exactly you know, it's right. All, it's all coming. It's to all that coming to that fruition. We're moving in that direction. Amen. Yeah. 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 Some so some takeaways. I think there's a big uh, push in our society to rebel against authority. Oh, any kind of authority that we see, but people being disgruntled with their employers and unsatisfied. But understand that you have to have authority. And as you were saying, um, I think the people in that season of the judges, they learned that lesson. This is what happens when we don't have godly leadership. And so they were ready to come to Samuel looking for a king. It brings stability and everything from your your office relationships to your productivity. Uh, You need someone who's over the cubicles and orchestrating and encouraging, but also recognize that it is possible to take authority and to abuse it and to make it self-serving. And man does. And man does that, left (laughs) and right. And and that's why we need to pray for those in authority. That's why the Bible encourages us to pray for our kings, our emperors, and uh, that is uh, something that I am—I uh, I fail at all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more apt to uh, criticize and to be critical than I am to pray to lift them up to the Lord. Yeah. And I know that it's for my good, even my good, if I pray uh, for our leadership, Absolutely. however much we disagree yeah. with, right. yeah, however yeah. evil and wicked they may be. Right. So, hope this episode was encouraging to you. And uh, we do want to encourage you to write in, comment wherever you are listening or viewing this. Uh, any questions that you'd like us to tackle, maybe next episode we'll be able to address some of those questions. Uh, if you could keep them under the category of Christ the King, kingship, that sort of a thing. But God bless you and may establish the work of your hands.